Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of June 19, 2016. Sound Prince is jam-packed with information again this week. Early this past week came a major announcement that VFO, the company that now owns Freedom Scientific and Optelec, has now bought out AI Squared. Ray Campbell, ACB secretary from Illinois, who is very knowledgeable about technology for the blind and visually impaired, visits with us on page two to discuss the implications of this merger, along with other major changes coming along in our tech world. Larry Turnbull, Managing Director of ACB Radio, posted an announcement on Saturday, June 18, about a new resource available through ACB Radio. Here's the announcement. A new podcast feed is available from ACB Radio. This feed is called ACB Event. The feed contains archives of affiliate conventions and special events that have been streamed on ACB Radio Live and special events. So far, the feed contains archives from Bay State, California, Iowa, and Florida. We will be adding the National Braille Press meeting, which will be streamed on Tuesday, June 21, 2016, at 6 p.m. Eastern. And we will be adding archives from the 2016 ACB Conference and Convention. You can subscribe to the feed with any podcast device by going to http colon acbradio.org slash acb-events e-v-e-n-t-s dot x-m-l The feed has been submitted to iTunes and should be available in their database in a few days. We keep telling you that ACB Radio will bring you events from the ACB National Convention, but we seem to never include the details. On page 3, you'll find a listing of general sessions, workshops and seminars, and other events that will be broadcast on ACB Radio between July 2 and July 8, along with details on how to listen. We've included speakers and topics, so you can find things that interest you most. Keep this sound prints handy or make some notes so you won't miss any of the presentations that you want to hear. Remember that all times listed are central time since the convention is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And on page 4 is a short sound prints calendar. Page 2. Ray Campbell is the secretary of the American Council of the Blind, but he's not wearing his secretary hat today on sound prints. We're going to be talking about one of the huge announcements from this past week, which had to do with the merger of some high-tech companies in the blindness world, namely uh, VFO, which used to be Freedom Scientific, and AI Squared. So, Ray, we're glad you're with us. Let's talk about, first of all, explain what this means to people uh, as far as what has actually merged, and then we can maybe speculate on what the future might be with technology for blind people. Well, people... People better be thankful I'm not wearing my secretary hat because I don't have to. I mean, that means I don't have to take minutes. So, right, right. We don't want any minutes. <laughs> well, thanks first of all, Carla. Thanks for asking me to uh, be a part of be a, on Sound Prince today. Um, the uh, announcement that was made, as you mentioned, uh, VFO Group, which uh, 
owns which is, owns Freedom Scientific and Optelec uh, purchased AI Squared, uh, the company that makes Zoom Text and Window Eyes and uh, several other other things. Um, I think uh, when I first heard the announcement, um, I, I tweeted, "This this can't be good." Now my instant reaction was, "This can't be good," because um, I thought, well, there's going to be less choices and things like that. But I got to thinking about it a little bit and, uh, you know, kind of talking to some people and uh, and that. And I think that um, while this merger is certainly sounds kind of uh, ominous, uh, if done correctly, if implemented correctly, I think it could actually be a good thing for blind and visually impaired people. Um, if this had happened 20 years ago, I would be really, really upset because then we didn't have the choices we have today. Now, if you don't, uh, if you believe that, uh, you know, window eyes is going to go away and it's going to be all JAWS because of this, well, you have a choice. You can get NVDA. Uh, you can get, if you're doing Windows, you can get Dolphin products. Um, you've got the Apple products. Every Apple product, of course, has voiceover. Um, Getting on the merger, though, it was interesting because um, I, I think I think of this a little bit, and you'll appreciate this, Carla. I think of this a little bit, and this kind of was borne out. Actually, I got to give my wife credit for throwing this idea forward. And I took a look at their website. It's kind of like Yum Brands. That is kind of the way I see it at this point. It's well, the way it looks from looking at VFO Group's website. I mean, they specifically mention. AI Squared, Optelec, and Freedom Scientific is kind of independent brands. So they're still kind of their own uh, companies, but under this VFO umbrella. Uh, I think there potentially is some very good stuff, but I think we as blind people are going to have to hold folks' feet to the fire on this. Um, here's why I think it could be very good for us. is Number one, with JAWS and Window Eyes, um, the conventional thinking, and I could see where this probably would be the case, that um, they probably won't support two screen readers. So, But if done correctly, maybe we can take the best of both screen readers and put it together into a really good product. Um, there are things, I use both of them, so there are things I think that JAWS does a little better. And there are things I think Window Eyes is a little better at. Uh, just a couple examples. I think Window Eyes is more stable. Um, Jaws notoriously, uh, over the years, has you know things have gotten broken when they've come up with new releases and they had to release updates. Window Eyes has always been a little bit more stable product. Um, Window Eyes scripting uh, for scripting applications that. You know, need some help as far as accessibility is simpler because the interface is uh, it's more common you know visual basic which a lot of programmers know um, by the same token I think JAWS works a little better with some of the office suite uh, programs like Microsoft Access so I think if it's done correctly it could be good my big concern is um, customer service um, Freedom Scientific over the years has developed sort of a reputation of not being very good, you know, in terms of working with people and providing tech support. And I've actually seen some of that uh, in my when I worked uh, on the help desk at the lighthouse. I would sometimes have to call them uh, with people on the line, and um, I, you know, some of their people were very good, and some of them just weren't very good at all. 
uh, GW Micro and now AI Squared always has had really good customer service. So I certainly hope that that continues. And I think that's something that we need to uh, emphasize. I, I think um, I think the other good thing about this potentially is that if this is being implemented the way it looks like it's being implemented, uh, or that I think it's going to be implemented, it's that VFO is kind of a holding company. Perhaps that brings some more capital and some more R&D money, uh, research and development money into things, so that you know perhaps there's new things down the road that that we can that we can see uh, coming, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But so it's um, I've got my concerns about it as a uh, loyal Windowize user for 20 years. Uh, I've got my concerns about it, uh, but uh, I think it's important that those of us who have whatever issues we have. Um, you know, make sure that the company knows that here are some things we expect. We expect good customer service. We expect a good, stable product, uh, whatever you come up with. So um, I think the big part of this is JAWS and Zoom text have never worked well together. And I think that's what this is all about, getting those two to play nice with each other. Did they have to buy the company to do it? Maybe not, but... Um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the big thing. I, I think I think Magic is playing second fiddle to Zoom Text quite a ways. I, I don't have proof of that, but I think it is. And uh, I think Zoom Text and Jaws, uh, you know, get them two to play play nice with each other. I think it could be a real good thing. So I, I see a lot of good, but I I've got concerns. Ray, it was what a year and a half ago about now that. Uh, maybe two years that GW Micro announced the partnership with Microsoft where if you had Microsoft 10 or higher that your window eyes you could get the free version yep. of window eyes and then you wouldn't also have any cost for upgrades so long as you had Microsoft 2010 or higher and so do you foresee that agreement just disappearing I uh, I don't actually. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty popular, and I think it's something that uh, you know is really um, I don't know what the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, how the how 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 much that's penetrating, you know, what the penetration of that is. I, I don't know how many people are taking advantage of it. Um, that's one of the things I am worried about, and I, I hope will continue. Um, and I, I, I certainly intend to make my concerns known that I think that needs to continue. That it really helps a lot of people, or potentially could help a lot of people. I think a second thing, window-wise, you could always buy window-wise on an installment plan so that uh, you could make payments and uh, purchase it uh, if you needed a high-end screen reader for something. JAWS never was sold that way. And so uh, I... I my, one of my other concerns that I'm going to certainly make uh, make known is that I think that whatever products uh, are sold, that they need to offer an installment op plan. If they're going to sell these things for the prices they're going to sell, they sell them for over around a thousand dollars. I think that making some sort of an installment plan available should be good. And I think they should be able to do that. You know, you're you're going into a larger company now. There should be sufficient financial resources to uh, to make that work um, no I, I don't I don't foresee that agreement disappearing uh, I think uh, actually it's uh, got potential maybe 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 what we could see 
or perhaps what we could see is agreements for other similar agreements for other types of products, you know, maybe a, a, a Zoom text in office or something like that. Who, who knows? It, it could be uh, it could be very interesting. No, I, don't, I, I think uh, I, I certainly hope that doesn't disappear. I think it's a very important uh, mm-hmm. a very important thing. Do you you mentioned at the beginning that um, of course, people have some of the other options uh, that people have at this point. And, and you're, you're right, the world is very different than it was 20 years ago when um, if you didn't use one of the programs that was especially written for blind people, you just couldn't access Windows. There wasn't any other option out there. Um, now with NVDA, uh, that's certainly different. Um, with With the voiceover features in just in the Apple products. I mean, that gives you access to Safari and, and of course, uh, you know, any kind, I mean, the Mac and, and of course, iPhones and iPads and iPods and all the, whatever the I is, you've, <laughs> you've, you've got the voiceover in there and, and their screen magnification too. Now, I'm, I'm not sure how great their screen magnification is. Um, I've heard some people say that their um, contrast and the brightness and things sometimes leaves something to be desired. But then I see an awful lot of visually impaired people using iPhones and iPads and, you know, taking pictures and blowing things up and being able to read things. And it just seems to me that there's a lot more accessibility in a mainstream product today than than there used to be. Yeah, I think that I think there is, and I even you know even if you look at uh, at Windows uh, ever since uh, eight point one and now with Windows ten, I mean narrator has been beefed up a little bit. So mm-hmm. it you can actually do a little bit. You can't do quite as much. You can't do everything. I don't think that you can do if you have a Windows or a JAWS program, but you can do quite a bit with narrator now. And so, Are you familiar? So, have you used Narrator very much? Not much. I have. Okay. Uh, I've not used it. Um, I don't. I've not used it um, mm-hmm. that much. Um, yeah. It's uh, you know because I've had other uh, options. Right. Um, so it's. Um, but as I understand it, it is being beefed up a little bit. And I know there's a. In fact, there's a program at convention. I think about that, and I'm. I'm going to be curious to see what. Uh, Sorts of things um, you can you can do uh, you can do with it. Yeah. Um, my my big concern uh, about something like that and the other options that are out there. One of the things that Jaws and Windowize uh, have been really good at is uh, the Braille support uh, for folks that need refreshable Braille. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it's uh, you know NVDA I think has gotten better that in that area, uh, but. Um, I would like to certainly see more, uh, not only uh, more Braille, you know, make sure that that stays strong, but also that, um, you know, people aren't limited as to, well, you got to buy a focus display to get the good support, you know, that you can buy a, um, a Braille Plus or a, or a, or, um, right. or an know, orbit, Braille Edge, or an orbit yeah. coming out, right? Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> with the new, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, that's a big thing. That's a big. That's a big deal, and um, I think that uh, so. Just definitely make sure that folks have you know options that they can that they can use. Uh, but yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's more and more 
accessibility being coming out in more mainstream products, and we haven't even talked about uh, Linux, but you know, so that's a, that's, a, that's a really I think fairly small segment of the, mm-hmm. of the community. So yeah, and there's but there are some products there too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one possibility is that with this Microsoft uh, Windows partnership, if Windows Basically, if it does just kind of go away, um, that Microsoft might take what uh, the things, what, some things out of Windows, use them to merge in with Narrator, and they could have a pretty good product there. They sure could. Uh, they sure could. I, I think eventually, one of the things that I think is going to happen with technology is, I think you're going to see more and more accessibility continue to see more and more accessibility and good accessibility built in off the shelf, um, especially, you know, probably for the folks that need larger, uh, you know, some magnification because uh, that not only benefits the blind and visually impaired community, but also you know, a lot of us have you know, people as their vision changes and stuff right. as they get older uh, need to uh, have that. But I think, um, you know, I think a- Apple kind of opened the door for that about 10 years ago and and uh, I think you're going to see more and more of that um, you know, coming coming forward. I mean, you know, you've got uh, the Chromebooks from Google now. You've got uh, uh, Android has accessibility uh, built into it uh, with TalkBack and BrailleBack and some of these things. And um, I think that you're going to see. I think I think that's a big thing. You're going to see more and more accessibility uh, built in off the shelf. And you know our I think uh, I think the challenge is going to be with that is that you know things that third parties are developing that run on you know whatever piece of technology need to make sure that they uh, that they develop you know and follow whatever the protocols are to make sure that they're uh, that they're accessible and and that so that they take advantage of the of these things. Um, I think that's a big development you're going to see. Um, the other, uh, I think, the other area in technology that's going to become even, you know, more greater is wearable stuff. You know, you've got Google Glass, you've got the Apple Watch, you've got, uh, and you know, who, who knows what other <laughs> things you're going to be able to wear to do various things and and uh, and that um, to help. And then you mentioned Orbit, uh, the new, you know, the new cheaper Braille display. That that's a huge. That's a huge deal. I think, have you seen it? Yeah. Have, have you had a look at it? I have not yet. I'm, Wait I'm till on, you see it. I want to see one at convention. I'm looking it's, forward to Oh, it. it's very cool. Getting my hands on it. Yeah, it's very um, cool. The Braille's a little funny because it, it doesn't refresh quite as fast. I mean, it's split-second difference, okay? Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear the little pins coming up, so it kind of swishes. Mm-hmm. But, um, but... For the difference in price, I mean, there will be people that will be able to be carrying around a Braille note taker slash display who never in their wildest dreams would have been able to carry around a note taker uh, in the past. And oh, yeah, so and that's just that's just great, especially for you know our deaf blind friends. Oh, for anybody, for anybody that yeah. wants to have refreshable Braille or needs it. Um, mm-hmm. My goodness, this, the 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 possibilities are, are endless. I'm 
I'm definitely uh, going to spend some time in the exhibit hall checking that out. Oh, and, uh, you! I'll be anxious to see what you think about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting, and I think that has been that has been the dream of um, technology uh, people and, and visually impaired and blind folks for years to figure I... out how to develop a cheaper braille display. I can remember about. Uh, Five six years ago, uh, got a call from the uh, head of the then head of the program at Northern Illinois University. At the, when I was in the lighthouse, he said, "You got any old Braille displays you want to get rid of?" And I said, "Yeah, I think we got a couple." He said, "Well, so I'm going to tell you, you're not getting them. They're not coming back because we're going to take them apart because we're going to try to figure. We got some engineering students that want to try to figure out how to make a cheaper Braille display. So yeah. it was, but no, this is just an amazing." It's an amazing development, and I think it's. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's wonderful. This has been like a thirty-year dream because, um, in the late nineteen eighties, I was invited to go when the printing house was developing the. You remember the old Porter Braille? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that they they developed it first, and it it never really became a product. Uh, because something else, well, the Braille and Speak came out, and um, and then you know other things were happening. But APH at that time, I mean, you had you had the Versa Braille; it was already out, and it was what ten thousand dollars at the time or yeah. something. Yeah. And ran on cassette, and and uh, from TSI, and then um, APH was was trying to do a lower cost Braille display. And Fred Gazzoni was working on it, and I was invited to come over, and we, you know, did talking and looking at different things. And they, you know, people have been trying all these years. They've been trying to make this happen. And if this really does come through, and it sure looks like it's going to, um, this will be, the, you know, the, that dream will come to fruition. Now, what won't what won't be part of that is if people were always saying, "Oh, it would be great to have a full page display." Well, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. You know, we've all gotten used to twenty or forty cells or thirty-two or whatever. And um, I, you know, I have a thirty-two cell apex, and and I I, I have often said, "Oh, I, I don't think I could ever stand a twenty cell," but you know. <laughs> that thing is so cute, and it's small, and it just fits into your, you know, into a bag or a purse or whatever. I could get used to that. I like the bells and whistles, so you know. But but for people who have who just want it for reading, writing some, you know, simple documents or whatever, they're not going to edit anything like the ACB convention program in their file. You know, they don't need it to handle a hundred pages. They just need it to handle. A few, Ray. It will be a wonderful thing. Do you think, and do you think it will encourage more people to try and, you know, learn Braille perhaps later in, in life? At least learn I do. Some Braille. I do, and, and also because um, you'll, when you see it, you will see that the dots, the pins, are very, very firm. And, you know, with new readers, and especially those that have some sensitivity issues, such as people who have diabetes, um, it, it really will, it, they can't scrub it down. Right. You know, it, it, 
it's just real firm. It's not going anywhere because it's more like a mechanical cell. So um, I, I think it will. And, you know, they've always talked about oh, only 10% of the blind population knows Braille. Braille's, Braille is diminishing. Nobody wants to read Braille anymore. You know, I really don't believe that. I don't either. I, I think lots of people like would like to read Braille, but they don't want a house full of an, they don't want a nine-volume cookbook or they don't want a hundred volume encyclopedia or an 18 volume King James version of the Bible anymore. They want something small and something small does exist. They can get it all on a disc, but they don't have the $3,500 to $5,500 to buy the unit. Now, if they can spend 500 to buy the unit, then suddenly that becomes something you can save up and get. Or you can go to, you know, if, if there's a, um, we have here in Kentucky an assistive technology program where you can borrow uh, at a, a low-cost loan, you can borrow up to a certain percentage of the cost of technology and then pay it back in small increments. They can do, it's kind of like that buying window eyes on installments. Yeah, you know, I, it puts it within people's reach. Too. Right. And I think we've got something like that here, too. And I think, um, you know, this is, yeah, this is going to be, yeah, this is just the kind of thing. You're right. That's that's something that, you know, if you can, you can, you can figure out how to get to five hundred dollars. You can't figure out how to sometimes get to five thousand. That's right. The only way you can get that, if you don't have it, if you're just, you know, if you're not uh, in a position to go out and do the same thing as if you were going to buy a car, um, is to go get the agency to buy it. Well, don't you think that for some a number of applications, even our rehab agencies that are strapped for money? are going to be able to, are going to be saying, well, you know, uh, especially since this thing has Bluetooth capability, um, you know, some of them, some of those applications, they may say, well, you know, we can save, we can buy 11 of these now for 11 people instead of just one. Or, Or how about the person that maybe gets hired by a small business that doesn't have the resources to go buy a $5,000 display, right. but could, okay, we can buy that for 500 for you. Exactly. And, uh, and, and that, and yeah, I think that's really, well, of course, uh, of course, uh, rehab agencies actually have to have a budget, which our state does, still doesn't have. Yeah. But well, we've issue. got the budget, but ours got cut 4.9%, and they were already just scraping along. I mean, they're barely making it, and... And I can see where there can be some big earth-shattering changes coming along in the Braille world. And I, I do, too. And I think especially even, and even somebody maybe that wants to get into doing independent contract you know, training or something, mm-hmm. they could you know, purchase these kind, one of these right. kinds of things, along right. with picking up some, some of the off-the-shelf thing, technology and, and uh, stuff that they can you know, do. You either contract with a rehab agency or you know work as an independent contractor kind of a thing and do 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 training yeah I think this is I think this is going to be uh, uh this is going to be a revolution in braille I think this, you're right I think uh, yeah between at the convention um the the printing house showing up with the orbit reader twenty for people to see the prototype and the the a i squared VFO merger, 
uh, and all the questions that that's bringing. And then the other products that the other people show up with, you know, the human wares and the hymns and all that, because they'll, they'll bring new products too. And, and, you know, there certainly are a lot of things to be excited about. And, um, those, that exhibit area should be really hot. Summer. It, should be, it should be. It's uh, yeah. definitely. It's got. That's one of the uh, one of the challenges I and, and I know I'm sure you do too. Trying to figure out, okay, when at convention <laughs> am I going to get a chance to get down there? I think I'm going to get down there Sunday afternoon. But well, I, li- I live in the exhibit here in the exhibit area. That's right. With the mini mall, mall, but yeah. that's in booth one, two, and three. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's yeah. not. That's not over on the next row where all the fun is happening with the technology, you know. So I, I just, I just think this—it's an exciting time. It's really a frustrating time with this, uh, you know. This, this, the merger in a sense frustrates me mm-hmm. because I do feel I've been a Windowize user since 1998, and I do feel that I don't want to be forced to use Jaws. I don't happen. I've, I was never a JAWS enthusiast. I am sure it's a very, very good program, and I, I have lots of friends who use it and love it. But I just never did, and I don't want to be forced to. Um, I don't want to be forced to buy JAWS. But you know, I think your comment at the beginning was that to me is sort of the what will save my day and that is that I do have these other options and even though I know nothing about NVDA I have never used it I would explore it my one small brush with narrator came about seven or eight years ago when my computer had a real hiccup and I had to call GW Micro and they had to get narrator going in order to um, figure out what was wrong with the computer because my speech was totally dead. They couldn't access it. They spent an hour with me on the phone, very patiently saying, let's try this, let's do that. And at the end of that hour, my computer was working. And it turned out to be a video issue, not a speech Mm -hmm. issue. Well, you know, that was a wonderful customer service experience. Uh, But I haven't narrator was I thought oh boy when I got done with that hour I thought oh I'm glad I don't have to go back to that <laughs> but you know but that's there. there's been a lot of changes in that yeah. time yeah. and then I picked my iPhone up and I can Bluetooth my my Apex to that iPhone if I had an orbit I could Bluetooth it to that iPhone and I've got my speech and it's really good and it doesn't cost me extra so there are options today um, still makes me a little squeamish because I like window eyes on my computer. And me too, and that, me too, and that's yeah. certainly the, the concern I have. I think also, it's but you know what else it says? The, the whole merger thing says it's kind of like it kind of shows us that the blind biz is not unlike other businesses. They're that's well, that's true all the time. That's true, and it, and, uh, it really you know, is not. Sometimes you know we're we're no different than anybody else. I do hope. That um, you know, we haven't even talked about scanners and, and you know readers and those. those That's true, things. and all of those video, uh, the video magnifiers and things that those companies produce. 
Um, yeah, you know, and I think you're going to see continue to see mergers there too, with mm-hmm. uh, you know, with with the camera technology getting better and right. uh, being able to, you know, clearly you know read things and you know read you know barcodes and, and yep. all the all the stuff that, that you can do with all that. I know so I some that, uh, I know some visually impaired people who used to be carrying around the little um, handheld devices, the little. You know, they were what six, seven hundred dollars in mm-hmm. cost. The little it looked like a four by six card. They're really neat little things, but now they're using their iPhones yep. for that magnification. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's going to be continue to be. It, it's interesting. I do hope that um, I'm hoping. That, I think a big hope with the whole merger is that um, it does pump some, you know, research and development cash into. Mm-hmm. Um, into that, and you know, I just, uh, I just hope they don't favor one thing, one group of folks over another, and I think that's something we have to watch, right? And, uh, go f- as we go forward. So, well, I think it is significant that if you look at the tech sessions that AI Squared is doing at the convention in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, that they have four sessions, and in the past. GW Micro always had some window eyes sessions, like a training session on certain things or whatever. Uh, I think that um, it's not it, well. It's nice that AI Squared is is doing four sessions, but window eyes is conspicuous by its absence in those four sessions. Yeah, it's yeah. all Zoom text and what's that new thing? The, the speech fusion. I think fusion, that's what's, yeah. yeah. But there are no sessions on window eyes, and and then uh, and then here comes the announcement of the merger. Mint, mint, good, uh, good putting two and two together there. I I didn't uh, I, I didn't uh, do that, and so yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a concern. Right. And um, I think you know I've I've heard um, you know people uh, I've I've heard a couple of people, and I even kind of wondered, you know, initially myself, well, ACB ought to do something about it. But then, like you said, what are we going to do? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're going to sit and vent, and that, that's not going to change anything. We can vent. We can stomp our feet and scream and yell. But the reality is is that we really, truly can't do any more about it than we can do about, um, you know, the corner grocery, maybe uh, the, the independent family-owned corner grocery being bought out by, you know, something like a a Seven Eleven or right. whatever the the latest convenience store chain is. Obviously, I don't shop at those, but you know that it, it that is sort of just how business goes. Yep. And uh, and then something else pops up, and uh, suddenly you've got some other you know startup that's happening. But we can't. I mean. There's really not a whole lot we can do to to say to them, no, you can't merge. Right, obviously, and that's uh, yeah. I think that's. I think we just have to make sure that they know that the companies know what we want, and that right. we, this is what we expect. Uh, okay, you've taken over. We we've we've come from an area with uh, GW Micro and you know merging mm-hmm. into AI squared of having a certain expectation in, right. in the areas of things like customer service. We expect you to continue that. Yeah. And I think and, we need to make that very clear. Yeah. Yes, and if they don't, then we just uh, take our business elsewhere, which could be uh, to more of the other 
things out there that we haven't explored as much, and that that's the NVDA world, the Apple world, yeah. the um, narrator world, depending on what those people do. Or whatever's coming down the road next. Yes, yeah, that's right. It's going uh, to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Well, thanks for the I appreciate it. Always good, to, uh, always good to get on sound prints and, and uh, you know, share uh, a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of knowledge, I hope, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to seeing everybody at the convention. Page three. Participate in the ACB convention, no matter where you are. Here's information about many of the events from the convention to be broadcast on ACB radio. Additional broadcasts may be announced on the ACB radio website at www.acbradio.org. All general sessions, plus some workshops and seminars and other events, will be broadcast either live or on a delayed basis. General sessions, the Candidates Forum, and the ACB Banquet will be live on both the ACB Radio Mainstream and ACB Radio Live event channels, and they will be rebroadcast on Mainstream. Workshops and seminars selected for airing will be broadcast either live or on delay on the live event channel, and replays will be available there as well. The Friends in Art Performing Arts Showcase will be broadcast live and replayed on ACB Cafe. All recordings will be archived, probably later the same day. You will be able to reach the archives through a web page, to be announced on convention broadcasts, and archives will also be posted on the brand new ACB event podcast. Remember that you can reach ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org through the ACB Link iPhone app and from your telephone by dialing 605-475-8130. Now check out this schedule so you know when to tune in to the 55th Annual ACB Conference and Convention. On Saturday, July 2, from 1.15 to 4 p.m., there will be a live broadcast of 411 from the IAC. Learn about ACB's progress in full access to the digital world with technology and communications companies. Join the members of the ACB Information Access Committee as they update ACB's progress in securing full access to the digital world. Presenters are Brian Charlson, Watertown, Massachusetts, Eric Bridges, ACB Executive Director, Alexandria, Virginia, Jeff Bishop, ACB Board Member from Tucson, Arizona, sponsored by Lighthouse for the Blind, Seattle, Washington. Another live broadcast will be 4.30 to 6 p.m., This is Just Ask, Easy Money. This workshop from the Resource Development Committee will help your affiliate or local chapter raise easy money, explore corporate sponsorships, service club donations, and ACB joint fundraising programs. The presenters are Tom Tobin, ACB Director of Development, Cleveland, Ohio, Carla Rushevel, ACB Treasurer, Louisville, Kentucky, and Dan Dillon, RDC Committee Chair, Hermitage, Tennessee. On a delay broadcast on Saturday is Leadership Institute. How to pass on information to a new group of leaders. Evaluate the directors, cheerleaders, analysts, and supporters in your group. 
keep information flowing and gain tips to involve people of all personality types. On Sunday, July 3, from 2 to 5 p.m., there will be a live broadcast of Arm Yourself for the Trip. Part 1, the Federal Transit Administration has issued new guidance explaining your transportation rights. Learn what this means for services in your community. The speaker will be Marilyn Golden, Senior Policy Analyst, Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, Berkeley, California. Part 2 of this workshop is Do You Want to Get Accessible Pedestrian Signals on Streets You Travel? Learn from ACB's expert advocates about the important issues, strategies, and tactics you may use to get APSs installed in your community. The presenters are Becky Barnes-Davidson from Mount Kisco, New York, Debbie Grubb from Bradenton, Florida, Eugene Lozano of Sacramento, California, Lori Sarf from Malvern, New York, and Patrick Sheehan from Silver Springs, Maryland, and Ken Stewart of New York, New York, co-sponsored by the Environmental Access Committee and the Transportation Committee. On a delay basis on Sunday is the Future of Learning. Brian Charlson, Jeff Bishop, and Chris Chow discuss accessibility and advocacy in today's online learning management systems, sponsored by the ACB Students and the Information Access Committee. At 7 p.m. Sunday evening will be the live broadcast of the first ACB General Session. There will be opening ceremonies, followed by the President's Report from Kim Charlson of Watertown, Massachusetts. At 7.55, there will be a Double Diamond Sponsor Presentation by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. At 8.10, another Double Diamond Presentation by Google. At 8.25, ACB Life Membership Presentations by Kim Charlson and Lane Waters. At 8.40 p.m., ACB First Timers, Alan Casey Chair, Derwood K. McDaniel First Timers Committee, from Graham, North Carolina. At 8.50, Eric Bridges will present the ACB 2016 Leadership Fellows. At 9.05, the First Credentials Committee report will be presented. At 9.10, Tribute and Appreciation for ACB Angels by Dan Spoon, ACB Board of Directors from Orlando, Florida. And at 9.25, the Roll Call of Affiliates will begin. On Monday, July 4, the general session begins at 8.30 a.m. The presiding officer will be Jeff Tom, ACB First Vice President from Sacramento, California. There will be ACB business at first, and then at 9.15 will be the presentation of the ACB Membership Growth Award, James R. Olson Distinguished Service, and Robert S. Bray Awards, presented by Rochelle Hart from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and Chip Haley from Joplin, Missouri. There will also be the presentation of the Vernon Henley and Hollis Liggett's Awards by Denise Colley, Chair of the ACB Board of Publications. At 9.35, meet Kirk Adams, the new President and CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind, New York, New York. At 10.15, learn about the World Blind Union and being a recognized author. From Charles Mossop, President, North American Caribbean Region, World Blind Union, and he is from Vancouver Island, British Columbia in Canada. At 1045, 
Developments and Ongoing Progress at NLS with Karen Kenninger, Director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped in Washington, D.C. 1115 is update from the FCC with Elliot Greenwald, Deputy Chief, Disability Rights Office, Federal Communications Commission, Washington, D.C. The Multicultural Affairs Committee Program and Lunch, Peggy Garrett Chair, will be presented on a delay basis on Monday. The luncheon program is entitled Land of Many Cultures. The speaker will be Charles Mossop, WBU North America Caribbean Region President from Canada. Then, MCAC will have a program called Newspapers Impact on People with Disabilities. The presenter is Jane McClure, Editor, Access Press in St. Paul, Minnesota. A live broadcast on Monday afternoon will be from 5.45 to 7 p.m. and is called Unconventional Ways to Read. Every year, new and exciting ways for reading books come along. We will look at Alexa and other new ways to access books. Moderated by Brian Charlson, Watertown, Massachusetts, and Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida. Co-sponsored by the Information Access Committee and the Library Users of America. On Tuesday, July 5, the broadcasts begin with the live general session broadcast. From 8.30 to 9.15 will be ACB Business, as well as an Emerald Sponsor presentation by Uber. Lindsay Elan, Head, Community Engagement from Washington, D.C., and Malcolm Glenn, Strategic Partnerships Manager from Washington, D.C., will be speaking for Uber. There will also be a presentation from Humanware with Dominic Gagliano, Vice President of Sales Americas from Scottsdale, Arizona. The nominating committee report will be presented as well as other ACB business. The presiding officer will be John McCann, ACB Second Vice President from Tucson, Arizona. At 9.15, the 2016 ACB Scholarship presentations will begin with Michael Garrett, Chair of the ACB Scholarship Committee. At 10.35 will be an Emerald Sponsor presentation from Microsoft Corporation. Clint Covington, Principal Program Manager from the Redmond, Washington office will be the speaker. At 11 a.m. will be WIOA, W-I-O-A, the Reality of Rehabilitation in 2016. This is a panel with Michelle Capella McDonald, Ph.D., Research Professor and Director, National Rehabilitation and Training Center on Blindness and Low Vision, Mississippi State University, Starksville, Mississippi, and Mark Reichert, J.D., Director of Public Policy and Senior Advisor for Strategic Initiatives, American Foundation for the Blind, Washington, D.C., Lori Scharf, President, ACB of New York, Malvern, New York, and Anthony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, American Council of the Blind, Alexandria, Virginia. On Tuesday afternoon, there will be a live broadcast from 2.45 to 4 p.m. of Tools for Tomorrow. This is a combined presentation of the ACB Advocacy and Rehabilitation Task Force Committees. You will hear strategies for affiliates to influence state and local programs and legislation well beyond just rehab. The presenters are Anthony Stevens, ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, 
and Rebecca Bridges, Chair, Virginia Department for the Blind and Visually Impaired Statewide Rehabilitation Council. From 5.45 to 7 p.m. is the live broadcast of the ACB Candidates Forum. Hear from and ask questions of this year's candidates. And at 8 p.m. until 11 is the live broadcast over on ACB Cafe of the Friends in Art Performing Arts Showcase. Talented ACB members will entertain you. Unplug yourself and listen. On Wednesday, July 6, the broadcasts begin at 8.30 a.m. with a general session. 8.30 to 9.15 is ACB Business plus an Emerald Sponsorship by Sprint with Kelly Egan, Blindness and Low Vision Outreach Specialist from Denver, Colorado, and a Ruby presentation by Tom Lodkowski, Vice President of Comcast Accessibility, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The presiding officer for the day is Ray Campbell, ACB Secretary from Glen Ellen, Illinois. At 9.15, you'll hear from my lips to your ears, 25 years as an NLS narrator, Martha Harmon Pardee, Talking Book Publishers, Denver, Colorado. Sponsored by Library Users of America. 9.45 a.m. is Braille Developments and Policy Issues, a panel with Paul Edwards, Moderator, President of the Braille Revival League, Mark Reichert, American Foundation for the Blind, and Braille Authority of North America Update, with Sandra Rukinich, ACB Banner Representative from Salt Lake City, Utah. At 10.30, National Advocacy and Legislative Update, with Tony Stevens, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. 10.55 is Quiet Cars, Transportation Regulations and Updates, with Blair Anderson, Deputy Director, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Department of Transportation, Washington, D.C. At 11.30 is the Executive Director's Report, Eric Bridges, Alexandria, Virginia. From 2.45 to 4 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon is a live broadcast of a workshop entitled Healthcare Challenges. On Thursday, the general session begins again at 8.30 and ACB Business will be carried on until 9.15. The presiding officer for the day is Carla Rushevel, ACB Treasurer, Louisville, Kentucky. At 9.15, meet the new President and CEO of the American Printing House for the Blind, Craig Metter, from APH, right here in Louisville. 9.40 a.m. is Pedestrian Safety Developments and Trends That You Can't Even Imagine, Research and Reality. Lucas Frank, Senior Consultant, for special projects with the seeing eye, Morristown, New Jersey. At 10.30 are reports including the ACB Walk and Auction. At 11 p.m., National Conference and Convention Report with Janet Dickelman. At 11.15, the Treasurer's Report, Carla Rushevel. 11.25, the American Council of the Blind Enterprises and Services Report with Michael Garrett. And 11... 35 award presentations and updates from the ACB Audio Description Project with Joel Snyder. On Thursday afternoon, there will be a live broadcast from 1.15 to 2.30 of the BOP Editor's Workshop. And at 2.45 to 4 p.m. will be a live broadcast of the ACB Membership Seminar. The Membership Seminar will include How Affiliates Can Be Inclusive and Remain Viable. It will include a panel, How to Connect Members Using 
alternate meeting structure, and social media. The speakers will be Alice McGrath, California Council of Blind Women, Sunnyvale, California, Ron Brooks, American Council of the Blind Families, Phoenix, Arizona, and John McCann, Blind Information Technology Specialist, Tucson, Arizona. At 3.20 will be a panel on how to protect your affiliates' important records. The speakers are Sally Benjamin from the Florida Council of the Blind, Steve Fistel from the Washington Council of the Blind, Lane Waters, and Nancy Becker from the ACB Minneapolis office in Minnesota. On Friday, general session will begin again at 8.30 in the morning. There will be an Emerald Sponsor presentation by Amy R. Furish of J.P. Morgan Chase, National ADA Coordinator from Columbus, Ohio. And then at 9 a.m., ACB business will commence, elections will be at 10, and business will continue throughout the day. The convention broadcast will conclude with the ACB banquet at 7 p.m. on Friday evening. It's sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals, and the Master of Ceremony is Mark Reichert, Chair, the ACB Resolutions Committee from Arlington, Virginia. The presenter is Terry Kelly, singer, songwriter, and storyteller from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. There will also be presentations of the prestigious George Card Award and Ned E. Freeman Award. We hope you enjoy all of the ACB convention broadcasts, and we look forward to hearing your feedback about the convention. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. On June 24 will be another GLCB roundabout. Education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $5 per person, and the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will sponsor a walk after dinner at 7 p.m. Then there will be games and crafts until 10 at United Crescent Hill Ministries on State Street in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On June 25 is the Bards and Storytellers for this summer at the American Printing House for the Blind. Karen Karsh will be the guest. Enjoy a performance and Q&A with Karen Karsh, a blind Colorado singer and songwriter who writes about big moments and moments that just feel big. At the Printing House, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue, register by calling the museum at 502-899-2213. On June 27, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have its next membership call. It's at 7 p.m., on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. 
Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.